it's me, Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, from all those Jay and Silent Bob-type pictures, man. And I'm breaking the silence to tell you that you're listening to the Buff and the Blazer podcast with Drew and El Tato. Enjoy the show, kids! Hey, El Tato. What's going on? We got a podcast, The Buff and the Blazer. If I was a listener, where would I go to find more? You can check us out on our website, thebuffintheblazer.com. Drew over there writes an article that goes along with every single episode. You can find all kinds of little extras on the articles, and you can listen to the podcast right there. Also, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we're on Twitter, at Buff and Blazer. Follow us there. Get those clicks, people. The Buff and the Blazer. Welcome to the Buff and the Blazer podcast, the show where we break down, discuss old movies, new movies, and everything in between. I'm Drew, and once again, I'm here with my buddy and pal, co-host, Mr. L. Tato. What's up? What's up, dude? The temps. <laughs> yeah, and your setup, right? It's hot. What what numbers are you rocking over there? It is currently 90 plus <laughs> in my office. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's pretty hot for indoors. Yeah, just a little. It's not the most comfortable. But it might make for good podcasting. Let's see. Maybe. Speed <laughs> casting. Yeah. All right, so we this is episode 86, and this movie's been out for a couple weeks, and we finally got around to it. But uh, we're going to be discussing Free Guy, directed by Sean Levy. And I think... So you had seen it a lot sooner than I did. And yeah, so the week we were supposed to do Jungle Cruise, we did do Jungle Cruise, and I had family in town, a niece and nephew. And uh, I took them to the movie theater. And the plan was I was going to go watch Jungle Cruise and I was going to send them to this movie. But when we got there, I had already watched half of Jungle Cruise because your Disney Plus was logged into my TV. Yep. So I ended up going to see this with my niece and nephew. And I, I figured it would suck. I figured it would be like, <laughs> you know, your classic kind of slapstick Ryan Reynolds comedy. But I was so freaking surprised at how good and how deep this movie was <laughs> that I told you right when I got it. I was like, we got to review this because it's yeah. totally, totally different than what I expected. Gotcha. Yeah. And I was, I was ready to put this on our schedule anyways because of the buzz it was getting. But I wasn't, you know, real hyped for it myself. And then when I, I heard what you thought about it, I was pretty intrigued by it. And I got to echo pretty much what you said. Um, it does have everything you expect from a Ryan Reynolds comedy. Like, it has the slapstick element and all the sarcasm, and it's it's funny. And that's, like, that's on the surface, and you get that, and it's worth it even just with that. But underneath that, yeah, you have these kind of, like, deep meta questions, <laughs> and that's really interesting. And then on top of all that, it's almost like a romance, too, going on in this movie. Like, there's a little bit of that element. And... I think in my review I called it like it's it's just a really charming movie. Mm. It's a it's a really charming and kind of sweet movie with an interesting premise, I guess. And I I really dug it myself. I I had a lot of fun. And it's like what is it? Almost 2 hours. It's almost 2 hours, like a minute, an hour and 55 minutes, and it never felt that long for me. 
Yeah. It you just kind of roll through it, um, and it has a really nice pacing. And yeah, I was really, really happy with it and really surprised. And my guy's in it, Taika. He's your boy. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he plays the character you would expect him to play. He's it's, a goofy <laughs> villain. Yeah, the uh, the nerdy video game creator. Man, so let's um, let's address the spoilers. Are we gonna dive into any of the? It's been out for a little bit. It's not streaming I yet. I think we have to. I think we need to give a blanket spoiler okay, warning right. because we can't even really talk about the movie yeah, in, unless we unveil the premise, <laughs> yeah. which in itself is kind of a spoiler. Right. So fair warning, spoiler alert. Okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll dive into spoilers here so we can keep the discussion going. Um, let me ask you this. Just to start off, at what point in this film, did you start to realize, oh, this isn't what I expected? Like, first scene? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, when he wakes up, and he's... With the Mariah you know, Carey put, going? Yeah. <laughs> and he puts his shit on, you know, and he starts walking around, and there's just madness going down. Yeah. All over the city, like video game, uh-huh. Grand Theft Auto-type madness. Yeah. I And right away, I was just like, oh, man, this is... I had no... Okay, so I, I didn't see a trailer... I had no clue about the movie. It was literally walked up to the movie theater and Ryan Reynolds is there. It's like, all right, the kids will like that. He's funny. It's PG-13. Yeah. And so right away, first first opening scene of the movie, I was like, holy okay. shit, this is nothing what I expected it to be. So you thought it was something totally different from what it actually I had was. No, I had no preconceptions gotcha. about what it okay. was. I didn't even know what it was until I saw the poster out front of the movie theater. Gotcha. Hadn't okay. even heard of it. Okay. Well, do we want to try and just do like a quick, like 30 second summary of the premise of this movie? Um, sure. So, you know, you're really good at these. I might just let you take okay. a stab at it. All right. So Ryan Reynolds plays a background video game character. Right. He plays one of the computer generated characters that would be like in a Grand Theft Auto game that you can rob or steal their car or whatever. Yeah. In a first person shooter, I guess s- you'd call him a bot. Yeah, he's he's basically a computer bot. Yeah. And the other two protagonists, because there's kind of three, right? Mm-hmm. There's Ryan Reynolds, and then there's Millie, and I forget Hare's name. Keys. Yeah, Keys. Yeah, so they play video game coders that constructed this video game that was kind of intellectually stolen mm-hmm. by... Taika Waititi to create this game. I forget what it's called. The Free City. City. Free City. That's what it's yeah. called. But they're like genius coders and they wrote AI into like the roots of the coding in the video game. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds' character is the first background computer generated character to start learning. Because of and their code. Because of the AI that's built into the system. He He's the first kind of like conscious AI in the whole game and he starts to figure things out and that's the general premise of the movie okay cool yeah that's a that's a great summary (laughs) so I gotta say I did watch the trailer for this movie and I feel like at some point they had one version of this story written and went in another direction okay explain that a little bit so the trailer's a bit different so in the film guy he kind of, he wakes up one morning, right? And he's just kind of like, I want to do things differently. That's his AI kicking in. 
And he ends up getting a pair of glasses, right? Yes. He takes one of the, I guess one of the, the players' character glasses, and that allows Real person him to player. right. Um, that allows him to kind of see everything in the world, um, health packs, boosts, everything. Like to yeah, missions, to points, mm-hmm. levels, and uh, everything that he wouldn't be able to see as a standard background character. In the trailer, Millie's character. Uh, her video game character is Molotov girl. Molotov girl. That's right. In the trailer, Molotov girl almost like picks him out and says, you're different. Try these glasses on and like gives him the glasses and Uh. almost like helps him discover what he is. And that's the vibe you get from the trailer. And that's a totally different storyline from what happens in the movie. Okay. But it's almost the opposite, right? He stumbles into the glasses because he's starting to gain consciousness and he follows her around because he thinks she's, like, super hot. <laughs> and he wants to figure out, like, what's she all about? What is this? I can't remember. Does he make the conscious choice to go put the glasses on after he attempts to talk to Molotov Girl? Um, yeah, I think it's after. Because he tries to... Because he, like, chases her down and then he gets hit by the train and yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. And but then I think the next morning, right, is when he goes Ed- up and tries to order a cappuccino or something. And everyone freaks out. Oh, yeah, and he just orders, like, a, a regular coffee or yeah, something. Yeah, he orders a coffee, nuts. two sugars every day of his life. Yeah. And then they Oh, start- yeah, that's what it is, and he orders a cappuccino. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And then I think from there, he, like, he goes to his job at the bank, and then someone breaks in and... Yeah, because his bank gets robbed daily because yeah. it's a video game bank. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, just and, yeah, concept- and then he, like... He like beats up the robber, right? Yeah. Or does he just get almost the like accidentally? Up? I can't even remember. Yeah, I I can't really remember either. But the point is, she doesn't give him the glasses. He's he comes a, upon the glasses himself, and yeah. kind of seeks her out. Whereas I think in this opposite story they had going, it's almost like she's trying to help him discover who he is. Which but I it ain't like that. No. So they sold a different trailer, right? Yeah. And it's crazy because I think that was like the second or third trailer they released too. Mm. Um, so it wasn't even like a real early one. But anyway, regardless, and just that concept of like breaking down a video game like that and looking at background characters versus characters controlled by people, that's almost interesting in itself. I never would have thought of something like Super that. Super interesting. <laughs> it's really weird. And if you're a gamer, like that's something you just kind of subconsciously do every time you game. And... Somehow they were able to to dive into that story and really kind of humanize these like <laughs> virtual AI characters. It's really bizarre. <laughs> and no, like, what's what's that test called? The Turing test. Yeah. Like the whole movie plays with that a shitload. Ex Machina, right? Yeah. That was the whole premise of that movie. Because you have empathy for all of these background computer characters. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm sitting there watching, and by the end, I'm like. Am I supposed to be <laughs> like debating with myself if AI like AI characters are alive? <laughs> like the way they they tell that story, you you get so attached to the characters where it's like they're almost asking that question. It's like technically can an, is an AI character considered alive almost? Yeah, and that's like a really kind of <laughs> real issue yeah. these days, right? I mean, Ex Machina was kind of ahead of its time. Yeah, for sure. On making you feel sympathetic for the the conscious AI. Yeah. But I feel like this movie takes it another step further 
because it's so goofy. Yeah. There's like there's like laughter among and like per, like weird personality among all the computer characters. Yeah. That I don't know. It's kind of hard to, it that's why I said it's like it's surprisingly <laughs> deep, you know. And then on top of all that, you have Millie who's playing Molotov girl. She so Millie's like the real world. This film takes place in two different, I guess, arenas. Worlds. Yeah. One is the video game world of Free City where 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 most Blue of the movie takes lives. place. Yeah, where where guy lives. And then you have the real outside world where all the coders are and the gamers who are controlling these characters. And the film kind of crosses back and forth between the two. And then on top of all of the like existential questions this film deals with, <laughs> you have like this romance going on between Millie who's a player in the game who was also the co-creator like, of this code that these AI characters are, I guess, enhanced by. Her avatar, her character, Molotov Girl, within the game, as she interacts more with Guy, she ends up developing this relationship with the character, with Guy, this AI character, and she really begins to like, fall in love with him. And so add that on top of all of the real confusing questions about AIs being like sentient beings. <laughs> They further, like, push the question, and she ultimately falls in love with this AI character. And then you get to the ending, and it's, like, real clever. And that's wrapped into a whole nother romantic story, and I guess we cannot reveal that. Right, so we we won't spoil that, but when that happened and that end, they set the the whole film takes its time to set that up. I was really kind of satisfied with how they tied it up at the end. And, like... It's no secret for me. I am a sucker for romance in movies, yeah. like when it's done well. And I thought in this film it was done really well, and it, it caught me off guard a little bit too. Um, I, I really liked it. I thought they were just going to leave it at like, oh, she's in love with an AI character. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked how they they really spent time to develop that, and it really pays off at the end. It really pays off, but at the same time, I still kind of felt for Guy a little bit. Yeah. I found myself... <laughs> sympathizing with the video game background (laughs) characters more than the real people in the story. Gotcha, yeah. And I think that's why the movie kind of got me. Gotcha, yeah. I was much more connected to the conscious AI (laughs) characters than I was to the real characters. And see, just the fact that you say that shows how well they were able to develop the characters, um, the AI characters in particular. Because you really then, do like feel for them. It's it's hilarious. And I also think it has like other kind of contemporary tones for the computer people in terms of the world that we currently live in, us real humans. Yeah. And like uh, the boredom of everyday life where you just go to work and do it. Like obviously all the robberies and, and that kind of madness <laughs> set yeah, aside. Yeah, yeah. But I did think I empathize more because like – you can see how much Guy hates the the monotony of his life. Yeah, totally. Even though it's a computer life and he's not supposed to feel any of that. Yeah. I felt like a lot of people can connect with that with sitting in traffic on the way to work every day to go to a job that they fucking hate. Yeah. And say the same thing to the same people and order the same coffee. Yeah. And I thought there was a lot of parallels there that were that were good too. And that's where the, the cleverness of the story comes in it's because that broader message is applicable for everybody. Yeah. Like you don't have to be an AI character to get that. So yeah, give that me was... those sunglasses, damn it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I'd be picking up those health boxes left and right. Dude. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. The other thing I was going to say, too, is is it also kind of has something to say about the world, these virtual worlds that people interact with. You know, gamers in general, like really hardcore gamers, they'll go to work during the day and come home, and their social life are these virtual worlds. And this film also has a lot to say about that. And it doesn't poke fun at those people. It really kind of breaks it down and shows you just how... I guess meaningful those scenarios can be for the people with that interact in those environments every day. And Millie's like the perfect example of that because she's sitting there playing the game and she's falling in love with this character. Yeah. And I've known a bunch of people who like meet their significant others like on a video on game. games. Yeah, dude. I've heard of uh marriages breaking up from <laughs> Suburban WoW or whatever it's called, uh-huh. World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of marriages ending over oh, addiction totally. to that game. Yeah. No, I could totally understand why. But I've also known a couple of like serious relationships that have kicked up because of games like that. And That's it's, interesting. It's really... I mean, obviously, they're both playing the game. Yeah. And when you spend so much time in there, what it's else your are you going to do? Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's no different from us going out to a bar and like meeting people that way or wherever you go. And I liked how the, the film touches on that a little bit and really kind of gives these, they're like virtual social spaases, really. Like it gives it some, it gives them some dignity, I guess, with the way that they treat the storyline. And, and like, you could break this down so many different ways. These are just a couple <laughs> of the layers I thought that I took out yeah. of this. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really super layered, amazing. man. It's yeah, really crazy. And there's something like oddly anthropological about this movie too, in that sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I I thought they did a really good job and and I can totally understand why someone like Ryan Reynolds would be into reading a script like this. Um, This is something very different and very timely, I think. And especially with like coming out of a year and a half of lockdown for a lot of people, like this is the kind of content I think people are into for sure. So yeah, I think it hit home for me pretty close. Yeah, it hit home really hard. I, not that I play games or anything. Yeah, me either. And spend a lot of time on that kind of stuff. I'm a little too busy. Yeah. But I know it's a huge deal for a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. And and like you said, that is their social space. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like you said the right word, timely. It was just like this movie made me think about so many things <laughs> going on in the world right now. Yeah. That aren't political and aren't, you know, I mean, anything like even... that. Just kind of like the impending cannonball of yeah. technology that's that's just going to explode social structures and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, fabric of society, quote unquote. Yeah. And it made me think about all that stuff. And that's why I think it was freaking awesome ass movie. Well, here's the other thing, too. Like, even if you wanted to dig for that for like the sociopolitical issues it even hits on that a little bit i think and it really kind of shows you how much people are over like hyper violence like from the first couple scenes right like this you see a guy getting thrown out of a window like and some dude's like running out with a bag of cash that he stole from the <laughs> from the clerk yeah and he's like oh case of the mondays you know and I liked how they they painted like even the gun violence like 
in this world, it's just what they deal with every day. It's like, yeah, is that not what what we deal with here in this country? <laughs> I mean, obviously not that extreme, especially not where I live. Sure. But yeah, like, yeah. there's even a line in the movie where he's like, "Do your schools get shot?" Like when he's asking questions about the real world. <laughs> oh yeah, to, I remember to that line. Molotov girl. <laughs> yeah. Right. And she and he's like, "Does this happen in your world?" She's like, "No, that doesn't happen." She's like, "Does this happen?" She's like, "No, that doesn't." And he's like, "Do schools get shot up all the time?" And she's like, "Uh, yeah, that actually does happen all the time, and it's awful." Like <laughs> and they he's even touched by on it, it a, a little bit, like that, you know? Yeah. So they even they even touch upon that a little bit, and I loved how their solution to that is creating this like utopian world where these AIs can live and just kind of. This game where you can go in and watch the AI interact with their environment. It's, <laughs> it's I wonder a how I wonder how a game like that would actually do. It's almost like The Sims, kind of. But if The Sims were able to do it all on its own through AI. I don't know much about video games, but I'm, I imagine there are games that are like evolution-based. Yeah. Even though you might be controlling it. Mm-hmm making certain choices for certain characters cuz weren't those we're we're around the same age when we were little kids in like middle school and shit mm-hmm. didn't people have those little tiny like keychain video games yeah, yeah where you would like they would like evolve yeah like you you had to wake up and feed it and yeah. put it to sleep and so, yeah okay yeah i guess so that's, that's probably like the... there's probably awesome games about that kind of shit nowadays yeah, well, when we think of AI today, we almost think of, like, these virtual assistants and stuff like that. But, like, and I, I'm not a huge gamer, so I don't know the landscape right now. But I would imagine once AI gets to the point where it's sophisticated enough where they can incorporate them pretty heavily into these games, I mean, it's almost like you can do whatever you want and create these, like, massive virtual worlds. I don't know the extent to which AI is, is used in video games nowadays. Yeah, but it's it's freaky, man. I know, but I I feel like it, the way the way they're utilizing AI technology right now is like these personal assistants and kind of like um, utilities and stuff like that. Yeah, you know that I saw a video recently of those Boston Dynamics guys. They make those like crazy ass fucking war robots. Yeah, those like freaky and human. They're weird looking. Yeah, but they move like humans. They posted a video of like those robots doing that parkour, that f- yeah. freestyle walking. Yeah, it's terrifying. Shit. <laughs> and I'd be interested to know if they programmed that in, or if they just made the robots like view footage of real people doing that, and then the robots learned how to do it. Yeah, I I hope they programmed it, because <laughs> if it's AI, then. Uh... <laughs> We're not far away from Terminator. <laughs> but that's an interesting question. I don't think we are anyway, but that's an interesting question, right? Because programming feeling, yeah, emotional feeling into a character like Guy's character in this mm-hmm. is totally something different, I would imagine, than like programming motor skills and coordination and straight physical yeah. actions. Right, right, right. Yeah, then I, we're getting into a much deeper space of like, yeah, what makes you human? I guess it's once those things converge, which is I guess what Ex Machina is about. Yeah, like when the tech and the AI and everything else merges into one, that's when you get Ex Machina. But yeah, I think you made a good point. I I think the AI in this movie is a lot more of the like feeling, the emotional side of things. Like, yeah, 
feeling empathy and which is kind of what I think gets guy going in the first place. Like he's tired and of that seeing, walk, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Molotov girls strut with yeah. those leather pants is Actually, really what got him going. Yeah, Come she, on now. She's the one who, who lit the fire, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. just love those video game walks of the hot chicks. Though. Right. Yeah. She, oh man, she did such a great job too in this movie. But yeah, it's there's just so many different layers you can get into, and we we touched upon like the real obvious ones, but I'm sh- there's more that you could pull out of this movie. It's it's kind of amazing, and it's marketed as a comedy, right? Well, that's <laughs> the whole point, right? It's yeah. like you're laughing your ass off the whole movie, at the same time digesting these really deep questions and yeah. th- making you think about shit while you're laughing. It's really it's kind of like a backdoor sneaky. Genius. Totally. Move. Yeah, well they they're I think they're asking the same question that ex machina did, um, using different tools. Right? That's all dark and kinda like that's the creepy. Mm-hmm. Dark, creepy, there's a horror element to it, but it's also really serious. Yeah. This movie's asking very serious questions and it it doesn't just present them. It actually takes a stab at like getting you to think about these questions, but you never feel like your things are too heavy. You never feel bogged down in like the existential questions they ask because you're too busy having a good time. Yeah, because the next scene that happens is hilarious. Or like a dude will fall out of a building and splat on the street. Yeah. And you're just like, oh. Right. So, yeah, I I wouldn't even know how to market this film. (laughs) Like how to try and pitch it to a studio. That would have been amazing to see the pitch for this movie. But I feel like it is a comedy it's they they have it as a comedy adventure on Rotten Tomatoes, and I I just don't know what you would classify this film as because there's also like a really dramatic element in it too and a romantic element and the romance it has like a legit romance like romantic storyline in it um, yeah that that builds yeah totally that um, builds and kind of pays off pretty well yeah that was like a really pleasant surprise for me because I was already I was already on board. And I, I dug their little, their chemistry that they developed, and I was like, oh, you know, it's cute. It's like a cute little story. But then it, it takes a turn, and it's when you think about it, the whole film could be classified as like a low-key romance too. Yeah. So, yeah, really interesting how they weaved in so many different elements, and they executed it really well. Uh, you could have gone all over the place, like gone too far in one direction, but I felt like they gave each little storyline its due. And never strayed away from, I think, what their main kind of goal was is to really kind of get you to 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 think about empathy and, like, you know, not <laughs> be a dick. I think that's one of, like, the major messages of this movie, one of the easier ones. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Taika's character. So, yeah, I, I thought the story was fantastic. I was really surprised. Same. It's um, awesome. And the ending, the ending for you, were you pretty impressed with it were you okay with it yeah i was i was certainly okay with it yeah (laughs) and i don't know you could have you could have played with the whole human emotion thing even further yeah in terms of like the the disposition of guy maybe at the very end of the movie but they didn't really do that yeah he was kind of content with his new world and i I think what made it okay for me is that he was reunited with Buddy, and that made him really happy. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, for me anyway, that was, like, Guy's win at the end. 
Like he got his best bud back. Did he land the the bombshell at the end? I can't remember. Um, Camille Kostak. Trying I can't to remember. I can't remember I the very end of the movie. I don't remember seeing her at the end. I'm not sure. But didn't even it have like uh, fuck? What was that movie? There's a movie where the like the edge of the city is all ocean and you can't leave it. You, like you can leave it, but it's bad out there. Fuck! What is it? <laughs> But, uh, like, the final scene had that kind of vibe to it. It has, like, the Truman Show vibe with the bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it also... Was it, like, the fifth element or something? Or mm. or uh, what's that Sylvester Stallone future? Judge Dredd? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It had kind of feelings of that at the end, but very kind of much brighter and not, not so dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. But, no, I was, I was happy with, with how it ended. And I was I was really just happy with the whole story in general. Yeah, yeah, me too. And they kind of tied everything up nice and tidy. And I, I was still like, I think they, they did such a good job of asking the difficult questions or the interesting questions, I guess. That well, I, I got a question. Yeah. So I'm always bitching about the same kind of storylines that happen. Yeah. Throughout movies. And I'm always saying, why don't they do something new? Why isn't there like a new angle, new presentation? I feel like this movie had all of the classic, not beats, but protagonist, antagonist kind of flow. Yeah. But it was told from a different angle, so it felt really new. Do you feel it was like that? Totally. And you mentioned The Truman Show. There's, There's a couple other movies I felt like it borrowed some beats from, and... Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you which ones they were, but but definitely familiar beats in terms of like characters questioning their existence in like a monotonous world. Yeah, but I think it was the way and the 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 means in which they did it were just so relevant to today uh, that that I felt like it made it unique enough that it stood apart from those other influences. Yeah, and I feel like perspective shift when when the movie is kind of told from the perspective of yeah. a, a newly conscious mm-hmm. ai i think was really cool yeah for sure kind of like the way jojo rabbit flips the whole world war ii thing on ahead how it yeah. tells us tells the nazi story from a perspective of a 10 year old you know yeah yeah exactly and then the other thing it did too was like i liked how <laughs> this is something i thought of but like how awful every one of the the controlled player characters in the game, how awful they are. Like, and I, I totally looked at that as like how toxic and disgusting the internet is at times. Ah, like you just find some really nasty people online because they don't have to worry about manners online because they're just like faceless. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that was also kind of a, (laughs) a little jab at like, you know, Twitter trolls and all that shit, like going on, on the social media nice, or anywhere. So, so deep. Yeah, I just I I liked how how relevant everything was. It it works for a bunch of different people. I think the Marianas Trench of movies. <laughs> yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out to the homeland. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> let's move on to uh, the characters, and I was delighted by all these characters. Reynolds. I'll say this about Reynolds, and this isn't um, a knock on him whatsoever. In fact, I think it's a strength. I feel like Ryan Reynolds has developed this kind of persona, and he's like, he plays these characters in these comedies and these action films, and you get the sense that 
it's just Ryan Reynolds. In the best way possible. In the right? best way possible. I'm not saying like yeah. you know, he's he plays the same person in every role. I just feel like that's what he's good at. And it never gets old because I guess in his case it's all about the story they're telling. And with this story, I couldn't think of a better person to be cast in this role. I, I liked how straight his character is in the beginning. Like, he's just... You, you Have you seen the Lego movie? No, I, I've heard how, how good it is. Okay, he, <laughs> he reminds me of the main character from the Lego movie. Emmett. <laughs> Emmett, like, wakes up every day, and he's so stoked to be in his world... And he's like happy-go-lucky, and he does his job and comes home and does it all over again and sings and dances. I felt like that's what Guy was in this movie. And the way Reynolds plays that, he plays the sarcasm and the straightness so well. And it's not even that he's a, a great comedian or anything, that he has like great comedic timing or anything. I think it's just the contrast of the hyper-violent world he's in with Ryan Reynolds playing the straight guy who ends up getting fed up, that's like where the comedy is. And it's real easy to <laughs> to laugh at. Yeah. Um, real easy to laugh at. And just like, uh, even when he's like the straight character in the beginning before he started, the light bulb has gone off. Yeah. He's still hilarious. Yeah. You know, like when he orders his coffee when he walks out and he's like, hey, Johnny, or whatever <laughs> yeah. to, the, to the policeman, just little shit like that. He's just, like, so enthusiastic to, like, get out of bed and go to his bank job. <laughs> and and for how sarcastic and kind of... He's, like, carried the Van Wilder character all the way through from the 90s. Yeah. Like, you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's basically taken that, but there's, like, this sneaky zone where you like his comedy so much as an actor... That when he switches to a emotional zone, mm-hmm. you're like you're fully on board with it. Yeah, you don't like question it at all. Right. Same it's thing almost... happened in Deadpool, right? Because Deadpool is fairly there's some emotional shit going on. Yeah, and I was almost like implying that when he took on that role as Deadpool, he created like another extra layer to this persona, and he's almost ah. like. He's affiliated with Deadpool, but in a good way, in that comedic sense. And I feel like because of that, like you said, when he gets into those dramatic scenes and he starts to convey emotion, it's almost like you feel for him more because it comes across as like, it's almost like parents say they know when something's off with their kid because they they can sense like a kid's demeanor. And then when something's wrong, they can immediately tell. It's almost the same way with Reynolds. It's like you recognize when he's being sarcastic and funny because that's who he is. And a lot of these roles, he's bringing that same energy. And then when he starts like getting serious and thinking about things and things start to affect him, it's like something's wrong and it it doesn't feel right. And I felt like that, that played really well for him in this movie. Yeah. And and could you see anybody else? No. Playing in this role? Not really. I thought he did a great job. Is there someone that you thought could pull this off? Okay. No, I don't. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't know. There's like the the right amount of pullback. I feel like other actors would have gone way too deep into the emotional side. Yeah. That he has in this, and would have gone too far with it. Where he kind of always maintains like 
he did a really good job of conveying like the world that he grew up in is all he knows. Yeah. And he has no reference to anything else. So instead of certain things that he's told making him sad, a lot of times it makes him confused. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think another person could have done it as well. Yeah, I thought he was the perfect choice uh, for the main role there as guy. And for how wacky it is around him, too. Yeah. Like all the video game shit that's going on, the madness. I feel like he's the perfect character for that, too, because he's done a bunch of crazy-ass yeah. movies, you know? And it's like it's that same sarcasm that he uses in Deadpool that he brings over to this film. In Deadpool, he's being sarcastic. In this film, he's just being genuine about it. <laughs> yeah. And that's where the comedy is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he was great. What did you think of Jodie Comer as Millie? I, I liked her a lot. For a number of reasons. One, I never seen her before. Mm-hmm. Two, I really liked the contrast between her video game character and then who she was in real life. Uh huh. And how she had a British accent in the video <laughs> game and then she didn't in the real world. Yeah. And I thought she did a really good job essentially playing a really hard counterpart to the AI question that we discussed about a lot in the story. Right. Right? Because she you can see her grappling with having emotion for a freaking video game character. That's not real, you know? Yeah. That's the thing though. Is she falling in love with guy because she thinks guys being controlled by somebody else? Well, I don't know. That's where you're getting into the deeper stuff because that's also written into the code. Right. So I have a question and I think I can say this vaguely enough (laughs) to where it doesn't give it away. Yeah. But, like, so if that is the case, the kind of the side side romance story to the movie, yeah, would all of the background characters be attracted to that same person? Get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Because that's written into the code. Here's the thing, though. What I'm not, I'm not totally sure of is if there's parts of this, the code that are specific to certain background characters. So like, I what, thought that's what it got written in as. It was I mean, like his. Ah, sorry, don't. Yeah, no. Do I mean, I guess there's a base. It was the backdoor message. Yeah, 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 yeah. So would like Buddy, once he starts, once the light bulb goes on, would he freaking fall in love with the same character when she walks by? Like, is that built in? Is what I'm asking. Yes, I, I'm not sure. I don't know, and I, yeah. I feel like I don't know enough about coding. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know if it's like a random thing where like certain interactions trigger certain types of code. I have no idea, dude. But either way, it's super deep. <laughs> yeah. The fact and that I like Jody. Asking... The, the other reason I liked uh, Jody a lot is because she looks quite a bit like this girl on the TV show Alone that just wrapped up season eight or whatever. And this girl, Teresa, on the show did really well. I think she made it like... 69 or 70 days it's a great show by the way free plug history channel but jody looks just like this girl from the show who kind of has a sometimes british and sometimes american accent thing going on because she's like from montana this is on the history channel england yeah it's on history channel Teresa camper i'm not i'm not sure what her last has like a bow in her in her hand and stuff i yeah probably (laughs) but but jody looks just like her in the face (laughs) okay and so there was like that kind of the same thing that happened with me and Suicide Squad and the guy on the military base who I'm working with. And yeah. uh, there was so like there was this weird 
connection. And I loved her video game walk as Molotov girl. I just love those struts, dude. Yeah, she's great. Strutting down the sidewalk. She's an Emmy winner. Um, okay. I, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything before. If I, I do, think, I don't know what it is. I think that the thing she's probably known most for is that show Killing Eve, which Never is still going. But yeah, apparently she was in Rise of Skywalker, too. I don't know where. Uh-oh. Probably in the background somewhere. Uh-oh. Um, but yeah, I loved her. I thought she was great. And uh, I, I dug the chemistry between her and <laughs> Ryan Reynolds in this movie. Uh, you, you just buy it every time. And yeah, she, she did a great job of playing the coder and then the badass, like in the virtual world. That was a really great performance. And Buddy, I, I loved Lil Ray Howery as Buddy. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was like the perfect counterpoint to to guy and i think more than guy he's kind of he has this like realist thing going on where he's like you can't do that it's ridiculous like you're not supposed to do that to kind of ground guy a bit (laughs) and he had some really great like comedic moments too he like his his some of his stuff was actually funny it wasn't because he was like being um like playing into the the straight sarcasm like ryan reynolds he just had some really funny lines he had some really funny lines and he represented for me, a lot more empathy for the oblivious background character and, and how that kind of parallels with modern society. Yeah. You know, and he's just that. like, he's the, he's the voice on your shoulder saying, no, just, just get up and go to work today because <laughs> yeah. you got to pay this bill and you got to pay that bill. And no, you don't do that because that's not in the plan. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, and they're almost like Ryan Reynolds and him represent the AI versions of the devil and the angel <laughs> on your shoulder. Yeah. You know, I never, never thought of it that way. Yeah. That's interesting. Speaking of the devil, Taika Waititi is Antoine. Yeah. <laughs> I really didn't like his character, and I think that's on purpose. Yeah. So I totally give it to him for that, but he was was kind of caricature funny. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) He's like the perfect douche. And then he's walking around. He's got like the raver pants on and all the the, the outfits are so wacky. The like trench coat or whatever that shit is. (laughs) Yeah, he's hilarious. You notice that this guy's just popping up left and right and stuff? Dude, all over the place. (laughs) He's like one of the most famous people on the planet right now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's is he the so good? Is he the top of the list of New Zealand stars at the oh, moment? I mean, he's one of New Zealand's like pride and joys. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> There's a statue of him in Auckland or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd have one built. <laughs> is I don't know. And then it's like him, and then Hobbiton is there. Did you hear about the show that he's producing and like kind of co-created on Hulu? No. Called Res, um, Res Dogs? Oh, I did see a preview for it. Yeah, you know like the general awesome story, because, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. And we hear about those stories every time and like <laughs> on our jobs. Like I'm sure you've yeah, heard it we, a bunch. Yeah, we work on reservations all the time. Yeah. He did and I want to see it. He did a show and and that's like that has his DNA all over it. <laughs> So, you remember Hunt for the Wilder People? Yes. Remember what I wanted in that movie? I wanted them to tell the kind of natives taken away from their families story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet, because I know that's in Taika because it's a big part of the the history of everywhere down, basically everywhere that that white folks freaking wrecked house. But 
I bet he tells that story really well in that Res Dogs. Well, here's the thing. like, So Reservation Dogs, it's like, and I'm sure that's that's where the story is, but he's able to do it with comedy. Well, comedy like, is the, that's, the key, dude. It's that's the like, ultimate key to all of the truth. And I think that's where Ty- what makes Taika, it makes him different, I think, today is because he takes these really serious issues and is able to weave them so well through comedy. Um, Jojo Rabbit is, like I think, one of the best examples of that, even yeah. though he was already doing it on his other films. But, like, how are you going to... He's able to take an empathetic look into a Nazi boy's life and tell it through comedy. Just anything dealing with Nazis in comedy, that just doesn't sound... They sound, like, morally opposed. Yeah. And he's able to do stuff like that. And so, yeah, Reservation Dogs... It's like the same thing, I'm sure. He's dealing with life on reservations, which is not not the most fun, like yeah. from at least all the stories that I've heard. It's it's rough. And the show's already getting massive like great reviews, so I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm it's definitely on my watch list for sure. But his best scene in this movie is when he busts out the axe. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That was probably really fun to film. I liked all his stupid like jabs at people when he's like, "You like KFC, bro?" He's like, "What about you? you like Albuquerque turkey?" <laughs> I'm just like, "What are you saying?" It was like so bad it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was great. Obviously. <laughs> what about uh? So keys, Joe Keery, hair, hair. He's good. He was really good in this show. He was uh, he was really good in this, and he has a. I mean, this movie. He he's has good in like Stranger a, Things too. A very he's he's weaved deeply into the whole story. Yeah. He in another way represented like that good angel, just like all right, take the money, go work here. It's a good job. You get benefits and. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's so much freaking dualism in it. Yeah, so you're saying he's Buddy and and Millie's guy, and that's why they're attracted to each other? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Getting deeper. Yeah, I know. Wow, all right. (laughs) Let's see, who who else do we have in here? Oh, Mouser, yeah. He's another (laughs) funny character. Utkarsh Ambudkar, and he plays like... um, He's like uh, one of the guys working for Antoine, right? At the the game headquarters. Yeah. Like another coder. He had some great comedic moments too. Let's see. Keys and Mouser. That's funny. Keys and Mouser. Yep. How do you think this movie read the script? Oh, I mean, I'm sure it it was great on paper. Seems like it. Yeah. I want to read like the side notes, not the dialogue, but like the the side notes, especially about like Guy's character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Like the direction and everything, like yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the the script was was really well received for sure. I I'm just curious to know how many iterations the script went through because the the trailer seemed like it was a bit of a different movie. Well, so did so did Sir Gawain. Yeah, I talked to multiple people that saw the movie. By the way, oh, sidebar yeah. Green Knight sidebar. <laughs> I talked to two different people that went and saw it, and both of them were like. I don't really know if I liked it or I hated it. Yeah. Just like just like we kind of had. Like, mm-hmm. it was beautiful, but I'm not really sure if I... Like, both of them said almost like the exact same thing. Oh, okay. And my one buddy was like, dude, we read that shit in high school. It's nothing like the original story. Like, I, it was totally different. 
Yeah. But yeah. I to this day right now I still don't know if I what I feel about that movie. It's weird. But I, mm. I haven't seen it since, so there's that. But yeah, did we leave anyone off here? That not we need to not show really. Up? That's pretty much everyone. Yeah. I think that's about it. There's a giant monster in the movie, but it's also kind of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Dude. Yeah. Shout out Aaron W. Reed, the body double. <laughs> oh, that was a that was a body double? It was a body double, dude. Oh, I thought they just like put stilts put a, and a, a giant rubber muscle suit <laughs> on top of Ryan Reynolds. I thought the same thing until I watched like a kind of like a funny featurette that <laughs> was like a day in the life of dude. And uh-huh. uh I was like, that looks way too good to be some kind of suit. And then when I really paid attention, I was like, oh, that's because they, they superimposed Ryan Reynolds' head on this dude's body. Uh. So, yeah, I had no idea. They made it look great. So, Jeez, yeah, that, that guy's huge. Yeah, so I posted that video. Uh, that'll be with the article, and you guys can check that out. Oh, man. All right, well, let's keep rolling here, and let's dive into uh, the cinematography, the look, the effects, which I must say were quite good in this movie. Quite good. <laughs> yeah. Totally rivaling... You know the the Marvel and the DC big CGI. Oh man, I'd say it. Uh, I'd say it was better. Yeah, I, I'd say it's better than some of those for sure. The amount of like destruction and chaos <laughs> in Free City and the way they made it look just seamless. I was really blown away. I loved when he put the sunglasses on and oh. how Im- immediately it gave you video game nostalgia. Yeah. And how it made you think, how cool would that be if that's the next wave of video games? Oh, shit, all the AR stuff? Well, yeah, and then, like, you think Pokemon, right? People walk around looking for Pokemon on their phones. Yeah. And it just got me thinking to, like, holy shit, video games are going to get so crazy. <laughs> I remember there was this, uh, this like, game system you you could buy in the 90s, um, and they marketed it as, like, this really cool virtual reality thing and basically what it was was like a nintendo screen on a disc that went in front of your eye oh dude i had the exact same idea yeah about playing tony hawk the skateboarding video game oh okay yeah so i wanted there to be an oculus style video game Uh uh-huh because this is you know 25 years ago or whatever maybe 20 years ago i wanted there to be a tony hawk video game where you could walk around to skate spots Real skate spots, you know, or just like schools or anywhere where there's a skate spot Mm -hmm. and play the game through your little headset while you're standing out and about. And my theory was it would get kids to walk around and stuff, Mm -hmm. but I never realized like there'd be kids walking into traffic and shit. (laughs) So, well, I don't think it would work. But Tony Hawk, if you want that idea, hit me up, pay me. (laughs) We, I think we're pretty pretty close to that anyways. Yeah, uh, I have an Oculus, and I just learned how to hit a draw golfing in real life because of the Top Golf video game on the Oculus, and I'm not lying. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Yeah, so right. like I took took the what I learned on the Oculus because it, when you play Top Golf, you're like basically at a driving range. Yeah. And it, you can put little like things on the mat or like there's certain modes that you can turn on and off that teach you how to hit hit the ball a certain way Mm -hmm. and i could never hit a draw i always hit like a fade or like a really bad slice in real life playing golf 
for the last 10 years. And I learned how to hit a draw on the Oculus because of these little arrows that they put on the ground. Damn. And I took it to the driving range uh, two weekends ago when my niece and nephew were here. Same weekend we saw Free Guy. Mm -hmm. And I could do it in real life. So, like... (laughs) Wow. Shout out, Oculus. I know you've scanned my whole house and you listen to everything I say, <laughs> but if you taught me a draw, I guess that's a fair trade. <laughs> All right, there's that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a fair trade. I don't know about that. We'll have to see. Back to the CG. <laughs> Back to the, the, the AR stuff. I also thought that was really cool, um, and that was another wrinkle into the uh, the layer of the video game, I guess. In terms of cinematography... I'm trying to think of some of my favorite shots in this movie. I felt like they didn't go too crazy with like the super elaborate like drawn up shot selection. I th- I thought that it was it was kind of shot pretty straightforward um for the most part. I don't know, was there any was there a shot in particular that stood out to you that you were kind of like, "Whoa." I was just impressed with the overall mixture. Yeah. of the practical shooting with so much CG everywhere. Yeah. Not just in the background, but everywhere. Seamless, right? Yeah. And the ways when he has the sunglasses on and then takes them off and it's a whole different world and puts them back on and like there's... Yeah. I thought that shit was so cool. How they did it, it was another perspective thing. It was like a first person trick that they were playing with the whole sunglasses. Mm -hmm. And then the final shot, the final big sequence on the water yeah was like marvel level big wouldn't (laughs) you say yeah totally but like still maintained some level of ryan reynolds really being in the shot yeah sure that it was like pretty pretty cool it was like a shotgun approach there wasn't like big set pieces it was just like every scene in the movie besides the real world stuff yeah yeah for sure i will say there (laughs) the point where antoine's like hacking at the servers I was like, oh, that that's not how I envisioned a virtual world being destroyed as the servers are going down, like it collapsing like in sequence just <laughs> in a wave. I was like, oh, I that was just... an interesting mix too, right? Because yeah. the scene with Taika and the axe inside the server room was awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was like a really cool scene. And then, the, and then you get to see the aftermath of his actions in the video game world. I thought it was super cool, man. Yeah, it was, it was pretty sweet. <laughs> but I, we forgot to shout out, he's not on the cast list or anything, but Channing Tatum. Oh, there were a few cameos super in Super funny in this. He's only in it for like three minutes. Yeah, Chris Evans was also in this. Yeah. Yeah, he was there. Um, there were a few other cameos, I think. I'm, I can't remember off the top of my head. And I, I loved the... Uh, the scene where a uh, guy is powering up to battle dude and he's just ripping off all of these like international franchises, <laughs> the Avengers and star Wars. And yeah, dude, do you think they'll get sued for the lightsaber shit? No, no. Cause they own it. Oh, same, same yeah. parent company. Disney owns Fox studios. They own Marvel. They own star Wars. <laughs> oh yeah. So they can do that. Yeah. It was just funny to see. And they obviously they had the rights to all the music because they put the music in too. And that was that's just such a funny running joke. What's that? The Mariah Carey song. Yeah, it's so funny. 
Yeah, she got a nice little royalty off of this movie. To to me, that's totally like a table read ad, like a Ryan Reynolds specific ad to the script. Yeah. That's what that feels like to me. He's like, hey, put this song in the movie recurring (laughs) throughout the whole thing. That's something you would expect in Deadpool, almost. Something wacky like that. So, yeah, speaking of uh, the music, what did you think about the score... I guess the soundtrack, too. There's a lot of stuff going on in this movie. So I remember being pleasantly surprised multiple times throughout the movie, but I can't specifically remember anything other than the Mariah Carey song. Yeah. And that's also an older song, The Beat. Yeah. Like she stole that beat from an older, like, 70s song, too. I don't know what, exactly what it is. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, but... I thought the score, they tried to do a lot of, like, make it sound like a video game which is like the super heavy dramatic music and stuff, action music. And so while it is kind of on the nose, I think it was meant to be on the nose because they're in a video game. So yeah. that was cool to me. And then I loved anytime you had the like Avengers cameo or the <laughs> lightsabers and they brought in like the scores from those franchises. I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I like I said I don't I just have the Mariah in my mind a lot but I know I enjoyed it and I really <laughs> enjoyed the sound design of oh, yeah. all the wacky. We got to start talking about that a little bit too in our Yeah, I feel like it's it's we it's we've been overlooking it a yeah, lot for sure. And even like the costuming like <laughs> I thought it was great. Molotov girl's suit in particular like her get up for the video game. Taika's get up is Antoine. Yeah, every I, I thought they, they did a really good job with the production. <laughs> All right, well, let's start to wrap this thing up and dive into some of our love-hates. And I really want to hear yours. I think what I love the most about the movie is just, again, proving that the deepest, the deepest storylines come from comedy and, like, reaffirming that belief in me. Like, I believe that funny stories can go way further with the deep questions than dramatic stories can. Or at least be a lot more enjoyable doing it. Well, yeah, that too, right? <laughs> like, you don't have to be depressed yeah. to go have these deep question-type movies. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't hate I didn't hate anything about the movie. Yeah. I hated Taika's character, <laughs> but I was supposed to. Yeah, he did his job well. And he, and he was perfect in the role, so that's my only negative, but it was supposed to be that way sure cool what about you there isn't much to hate from me i i really can't pinpoint anything in particular where i'm like that took me out of it or i didn't like that it was just all kind of a pleasant surprise for me um like you said even going in with uh, what you had told me beforehand so yeah i I just thought it it was really timely it was uh it, it told a good message it asked some interesting questions and yeah, I didn't feel like I wanted to hang myself after the movie. So it was <laughs> it was like uh you know, you you had to you were able to have your cake and eat it too with this movie. Actually, that would be the the catchphrase on my Rotten Tomatoes review. Have your cake and eat it too with Free Guy. And think about it. And think about it. So yeah, I I just thought it was really enjoyable. And for a, a movie that's an hour and 55 minutes long, I never felt once like I was sitting through something. No, I had a blast watching it. Yeah. So that was I had a big ass tub of popcorn and had a total blast. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I really enjoyed it, and yeah, it's one of the few where I'm I'm not gonna bash its like 
nearly two-hour runtime because they, they utilized every minute well. <sighs> All right, so I dare right, you not yeah. to give this movie a five. I was going to say, you challenged me a couple <laughs> weeks ago not to give a movie a five. Yeah. It was Suicide Squad, I believe. And <laughs> I challenge you not to give this a five. Oh, God. Okay. Well, if I don't give it a five, it's because I'm going to be super nitpicky. Just justify your reasoning. <sighs> All right. Well, let's, let's go through this then. So story, I got to give him a point for the story. It's, uh, I think it's the best part of the film, period. Characters and casting gets a full point. It's uh, fantastic. And I really felt like whoever the casting director was for this movie did bangers for getting the right people in here. Cinematography and the look and the effects. <laughs> I'll give him a .75. Okay? I'm going to give him a .75, and here's my crazy reasoning. The effects were amazing. I liked the look of of Free City. I felt like they could have boosted up the cinematography even more to blow you away, and they didn't. And it was very much a straightforward, here's our shots that you've seen in a lot of different films. So I'll give them a .75 there. Score, I'm going to give them a full point because I think they accomplished what they were trying to do with the soundtrack and the score to complement the movie. And I liked it. I liked it a whole bunch. So that gets a full point there I, um, with the feels. So that's uh, 4.75 buckets of popcorn. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right. So the story totally caught me off guard for how deep it was. It's getting a full bong load. Casting, everyone was great in it. I enjoyed everybody. It's getting a full point. Cinematography, I really, really liked the wackiness and the kind of shotgun approach to CG mm-hmm. where it's just everywhere. But I, I'm, I'm going to give it a full point there. Cool. The feels, I'm going to give it a full point because I absolutely loved it and I was re- surprised enough to hit you up. Like how often do I actually text you when we watch a movie? And yeah. And I'm like, this was awesome. We got to do it. Mm-hmm. So it had me stoked. I was chuckling the whole time. And then the music, and I'm going to factor in sound, right? Okay. So, like, the the actual recurring Mariah Carey is so funny <laughs> that it gets just a half a bong load on its own. Okay. And then I'm going to give a quarter bong load for the sound because I really liked the sound effects with all the video game stuff. Okay. And then also, even though I don't remember it, I do remember being pleasantly surprised multiple times at the music throughout the movie. So it's getting a full. Oh, Another shit, quarter okay. for that. So that gets me to so you're a five. whopping five bong loads All right, old free guy. Nice. I liked how you broke your score down like that. I'm going to try and factor in sound effects into my score category. Yeah, actually, sound design should be part of our... Um are like nuts and bolts section, really. But I get you. Yeah. It's really good yeah. in this movie. Sweet. Well, yeah. Five from El Tato and a 4.75 from me. You're just going to have a really great time if you give this movie a chance. I feel like that's the most challenging part of this movie is actually sitting down to watch it. <laughs> yeah. So it's only in theaters, right? It is. And on the onset of like seeing the, the marketing for it, it didn't appeal to me right off the bat, but we were going to do it anyways because it's a big movie and Ryan Reynolds is in it. I'm sure for a lot of people, they're just kind of like, eh, that looks like a silly movie. If you can actually get past that and sit down and watch it, I think you'll be 
pretty surprised like we were. The silly is the key that unlocks the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for it sure. It did better, so I don't know if it's because it's been out a while, but box office, it did pretty well. It says Rotten Tomatoes, like almost $60 million Was that its in opening? The U- in the USA. I don't know if that's opening day oh, it's, it's gross or USA up total. until now. I have no idea. Yeah, okay. That's, but yeah. I remember looking at Suicide Squad, and the same thing only said like 20-something mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, he's a, a big draw for sure. Would so, yeah, you we recommend, recommend going to the theater to see it? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a um, blast. I would, too. It's a lot it's of worth fun. It. And what's even cooler, it's like you'll like this, and you can also take your kids to watch it, too. Yep. So there's a lot for them to chew on. So I, I think it appeals to a really wide audience. Um, a lot of people are going to get something out of it. And you kind of want that from a movie. And on top of that, they ask all these interesting questions, too. And that's something you don't see from a movie with this broad of an audience, I think. Um, it's rare. So, yeah, that's uh, this is, I think, one of the the better ones of this year, right? Golf clap. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the first five I've given out in a while. Yeah. I know. I can't early remember on the we last were. one. Probably during Oscar season. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, refreshing. I, I feel refreshed after watching this movie. Well, that's all I got, man. I think. Uh, Same. Okay. It's well, hot. We're getting these uh, out as soon as we can, guys. We're catching up and we're we're cranking through the summer blockbuster season. So catch us next week. We'll get another one out for you. And we hope you all stay safe out there and have a great week. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace.